What's up everybody, Justin, I'm back and I'm super excited because guess what, Blackmagic Design has two new studio cameras and I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am about them. Are they good, are they bad? They're good, let's get to it. Hey, before we get started, make sure you're smashing that subscribe button, hitting the like button, hitting the comment button, because I want you to comment and let me know what you think. If there's a product you want me to review, something you want me to talk about, uh, any of those things, comment down below. Just tell me what favorite color, what your favorite color is, not a favorite color. I guess just tell me what a favorite color of somebody is, if you've got it. So. Uh, before I get into the meat of this, I am starting my own business and it's called EM Technologies. I'm going to put the link down below to the website. Uh, I do all of this for a living and I love all of this kind of stuff, um, technology for churches. And it's not just for churches. I just know that there's a huge burden for churches trying to figure this all out, especially when most of you churches are run by volunteers. So I'm really super excited to be able to continue to create this content. But if you want to support me, you can go to the website, check us out, contact us if you guys need anything. You can just buy stuff from us. We do integrations, we do all that kind of stuff. So, uh, super simple, do that. Thanks guys. Uh, let's get into it. Blackmagic Design Studio Cameras. Okay, so I don't know if anyone remembers the OG studio cameras. They were, I would say, pretty good for the price but they weren't super great cameras overall in the grand scale of things. Especially as like the Ursa minis came out, the pocket cameras got updates. The thing that really was killing us as integrators and honestly just camera lovers was the studio camera. It was really hard. Um, first, I mean, it always felt super fragile, I guess is the best way to say that. Not that it was, but it felt like it was. It was micro four thirds. It didn't do great in low light. I mean, I would say that I've seen worse cameras, but at $1,300, there's a level of like, what do you expect? Um, there was no real good tally light on it. it. You know, it was like this, I think it was just like a little like slot on the side of it. It worked, but it wasn't great. Um, you had some control over it. You know, there like all these features uh, that you would expect from a studio camera, you kind of had, and they were there, but they weren't super duper great. So we've been wanting this and we've been wanting this, we've been wanting this. We have other cameras, like a lot of people started going to the pocket cameras because the pocket 4K got updated. Then you got the pocket 6K that came out and those cameras were great. They had awesome sensors, a great color, easily controllable. They came out with updates where the A10 minis could control the pocket 4Ks. There's just so many things that made those cameras great. And we started suggesting people buy those cameras instead of studio cameras. I don't think I've sold a studio camera in a couple of years outside of a couple of locations that really kind of like, it made sense. So super pumped that they upgraded them. And I like that they have two different versions. I'm gonna look at some of my notes here just so that I don't misspeak on what they are. So the two versions of the camera are the Blackmagic Studio Camera 4K Plus, which is the cheaper version that's $1,295. And then there's the Blackmagic Studio Camera 4K Pro, which is $1,795. So I think that this is the big thing is that the, the Plus is definitely more of a direct replacement. But the cool thing what they did is they kind of divided some of the features on it to be, the reason why it's so cheap now is 
it's designed to go in a smaller studio, kind of like I have here. It would be probably be one of the best cameras that I could buy for this type of thought process. Um, it's got HDMI out only, and I believe, hang on, let me scroll back up here and get to it real quick. Um, it's got USB-C for recording and for control. I think that that's the biggest thing that both of these cameras have is they have the USB-C plugs on them. The reason why that's such a big deal is that the studio camera didn't have a recording capability except for external originally. And that super duper sucked. And now the fact that it does, you plug in one of, you know, one of these little guys right here and you can record right to it is huge because when you're in a studio, there's a lot of times where I'm wanting to broadcast live and that's the main object of why I need the camera. But if I can locally on like, say like we're doing baptismals and we don't have the recording, you know, capability, like kind of set up as an overall, I can just dump a USB-C drive into there and hit record. Or if I'm sitting in a studio and I want to ISO my cameras, I can now do that on a portable drive, which is a big deal. I can take that camera anywhere I want to record locally to it. It's awesome. Love, love, love that. There's HDMI out on it. That's a huge deal because there's a lot of people that are doing these whole, uh, the, the Blackmagic uh, mini ATEMs that are HDMI only. I think that's huge. A lot of my computers are HDMI inputs only. There's a lot of reasonable reasons to have an HDMI output on this camera and I love that they did that. They updated the SDI on the plus, on the Pro to be 12G SDI. That's just so that it can handle the higher frame rates and higher resolutions. Um, the 10 gig ethernet port on the Pro, I think is probably one of the bigger things that I think is a huge, huge, huge thing. You buy the, uh, the converter now that they have and it'll pass video, power, and audio all over an ethernet cable. Huge, huge deal. Being able to have two SDIs and power and potentially a comm cable all run to this camera just starts to get really cumbersome and messy when you're doing installs. And now you have one ethernet cable that pops up there, does it all. I love that they updated the giant tally light right on the, like the forehead of the camera. Then it also comes with the sticker numbers so you can number it, which is even better in like a smaller studio space. Like if I had like two or three of them, I'd be able to sit there and go, you know, know that like, okay, at this point I'm gonna go and I'm gonna talk to camera one, I'm gonna talk to camera number three, you know, so forth, so forth. So I think that's a huge deal. I'm really excited about it. Um, the bigger thing that I think of all of those are big deals to me. The biggest deal is, and this is a classic problem that I have at my church right now, is that we have the guy that's in charge of video who wants to be able to take the raw camera, bring it back into the computer later on, color correct it how he wants to color correct it, trim it all up and like cut it, boom, that's great. Well, we're using DSLRs, so he's trying to like record it in like a raw flat format, that really like gray, if you don't know what I'm talking about. It gives you like a full range of color that you can edit with. And it like all of that totally makes sense 100%. The problem is that we also are using those cameras for our live stream, so now we're trying to do some like kind of wanky-ish coloring correction in OBS. Um, like I'm assuming a lot of you guys are and they look fine. Like there's not really, it's nothing the end of the world for what we're doing, 
But now with this camera, it allows us to record A in B-Raw from Blackmagic, which if you've not been recording in B-Raw, it is probably one of the easiest, best codecs you can ever work in. If you're not using it and you have the capability of using it, do it. I believe one of the video sys that lets you record in B-Raw hooks up to a DSLR. If I'm pretty positive that's how that works. I think it's the bigger pro version. You need to be working in B-Raw. Smaller file sizes, lots of data still available. It's phenomenal. Tangent. It lets you record into B-Raw, which is awesome. It lets you record in film mode, which is that flat look, while also outputting on the SDI or HDMI a full video codec, which is like the un, un gray it's all of the cool, great, awesome color. Um, so he gets what he wants, I get what I want for the live side of things, and it's the best of both worlds. That is such a huge thing. And you may be asking yourself, well, Justin, is it a really big deal if I don't do that? Well, it may, at some point in time, someone may come to you and say, hey, we really want to film this and, you know, we want to stylize it later on. You know, like when you sit there and you look at people like Elevation Church and how, what their live sermons look like versus like some of those like Instagram reels, how they have like a different colorization or something along those lines. They've taken that after the fact and they've stylized it. This now allows you to take video, record it, store it for a later time, and maybe in like two or three years, you know, pastor's gonna be speaking on the same thing and you go back to that old sermon and you want to stylize it to fit the new message that he's recording now. That's more so the big deal. Uh, it's still got the XLR audios on the Pro, which I think is great. What I also like is that they added the, the uh, 3.5 millimeter headphone and the 3.5 millimeter microphone because if I'm taking this on say like out of my sanctuary or out of my studio somewhere small and I want to have some better reference audio I can just grab one of those small little mics that clips on top of a DSLR that's super popular I can clip that on and get that audio which is going to be better than the internal microphone uh, probably still going to end up wanting to record externally uh, but that just kind of opens up the possibilities for what I want to do now they did update the microphones and they put them on the face of the camera now, uh, which I would say the ones that, they're supposed to be mimicking the ones that are on the pocket camera. The pocket camera ones aren't bad, but they're definitely not something that I would want to be using. Like for this video, I'm not using my built-in DSLR audio. I'm using this nice Shure MV7, uh, which is a really nice mic for the price point, uh, but we won't get into that. Um, I don't think there's really anything else that these cameras are doing. Um, I do really, oh, the, so the, it's not really a big thing, but it is a big thing. The Blackmagic came out with their own controls for it. Uh, so you don't have to figure out which controls work, which ones don't. Hang on, let me scroll down, get to these. So you have the focus and the zoom demand, which are $245 a piece, and they daisy chain through to the USB-C, which is great. So you've got zoom in one hand, focus on the other hand. So you're not like reaching up, trying to grab the camera to zoom in or focus. And you're trying to zoom, you accidentally focus, or you're trying to focus and you actually zoom. Now you have them in your hands. You don't have to find a third party and they fit really well. They work really well. USB-C out into the next one, out of that one, into one of the two USB-C ports on the face of the camera. And boom, you've got control and you still have the USB-C port to record. Super huge deal. Love it. Um, and that's really all that they came out with. Uh, the converter for doing the US, uh, the, well, 
I'm just blanking. Uh, the Ethernet port is about is uh, $895. It's called the Blackmagic Studio Converter. Uh, what the converter does, let's see if we can get a little bit more of a breakdown. The converter will pull all of that video back to wherever that converter is, the Ethernet, and then it will out, like dump it out SDI. So if you have a video switcher, all that kind of stuff that's going into a bigger uh, ATEM, you then we'll be able to do that. It's just it's cutting down on all of that cable. Because now you have, instead of, you know, like I said, the two SDI cables coming back, one for control of the camera and program, and then the other one for actually spitting out the video. Now you just have one. It's controlling the tally, it's controlling everything. 100% super great. So if you were to go $1,795 for the camera, $895 for the converter, and then an extra, what is this, $400, $500 for the two controllers, that's a pretty great, like, what is that, $3,500 setup plus lens. They are still Micro Four Thirds. Uh, which isn't in the world, so you can throw in a speed booster converter. Uh, it's 12 stops at dynamic range on the on the sensor, uh, so it's a pretty great sensor, and it's all 4K. Uh, so, watching the video of him do the little cupcake uh, on their website, you can go check that out. Uh, they do pretty great. There's a lot of control that you have for this camera. So, I think that if you're a church and you're looking to upgrade cameras, you don't have tons of money, you have a couple thousand dollars. You want one really good camera. I think that this camera would be great. I'll put the links for the camera down below. Uh, I'm gonna wrap it up with that. Thanks so much. Comment down below. Let me know if you've bought one of these, if you have one of the old ones. What cameras are you using? Love to know. Uh, and if there's more questions about cameras that I can help you with, let me know. I would love to answer them. Thanks so much. Don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to check out the podcast, Technical Arts with Justin Edmonds. Uh, I'm getting ready to record another podcast in a couple weeks here. Uh, this video format is also, I'm taking the audio and putting that on the podcast as well so that you don't have to watch because it's just me sitting here talking and pointing things and whatnot. So uh, again, thanks so much. Until next time, I'm Justin. Justin.